Welcome back, or welcome to Golf Notes with me, Guy Cross. This is the best podcast you're listening to right now, so enjoy it. I was, um, I was just debating making an announcement that I was going to take a break from podcasting because I hadn't got much to say, and, and there's some really cool people just on the periphery of pulling the trigger of coming on, and I thought, you know, I might pre-record them, come back. And like, anyway, I had a plan. Anyway, I was walking around this mall. You can hear the music playing. And um, don't get used to me talking over a music bed, though, like real radio, because that's that's not happening. Um, oh, it's beautiful, though, isn't it? Do you want to take a minute to enjoy it? I feel like I should be asking you if you want to become a Christian or something with this music going on. But anyway, um, so I was walking around skimming Facebook as one does, and I I was bored shitless, because it's full of these golf people talking about the show, which is slang for cool industry people. What they mean is the PGA merchandise show in Orlando. Happens this time every year. Um, imagine flicking on the shopping channel and watching it, okay? Imagine that dream. I say dream, it could be a nightmare, it it would be for me. But imagine realising, paying like 1500 bucks for the privilege of doing that. Now, it could be your work's money, but you know, even if it is work money, that's 1500 bucks you could do something more cool with, of your work's money. But yeah, you're sitting there watching the shopping channel and people are selling you that latest new stuff that you read about on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. Um, and you, you've paid 1500 quid for it. Imagine that. Imagine that actually happening. Now, some people don't have to imagine that. I imagine there's at least five people I know who listen to this podcast who are going to be sitting in a lonely hotel room with the finger hovering dangerously close to the late night adult TV button who've decided to listen to my podcast because it has just the same effect. No, um, but you know, they're going to be listening to this considering their life's options and they should be you've spent money to go and watch adverts now some of you are thinking no no I haven't like they're a sideline what I've done is I paid some money to go to the best golf networking event ever and I get that like if you care about meeting golf people there probably is no better place apart from uh, the PGA 10 at a major championship Um, And you don't have to pay as much to go to that and you get to watch some cool golf and not the shopping channel. Um, But you know, each their own, right? Some people take heroin and that's a bad life decision and some people go to the PGA show and that's another bad life decision. But imagine, right, this is what what I love, right? This is what I love because I don't know anyone, like nobody who goes to the PGA show looking for new stuff because you're a knob if you do that and you're a bigger knob if you admit to it because all that stuff 
has been on the internet for weeks, months, right? Okay? The only thing I was a tiny bit interested in was the Flightscope Nevo Plus, which I knew two weeks ago was going to be launched this week at the PGA Show and was going to retail for just less than 2,000 US and was going to be a good simulator. And it was great to see a video and I realised that it's a solid bit of gear, something I might consider buying for myself. But I didn't need to go to the PGA show for that, and they didn't need to go to the PGA show for that. Because all the really cool stuff, the really good stuff, markets itself, right? The only stuff that doesn't market itself is the fucking training aids. You could argue a launch monitor is a training aid, and you'd probably win that argument. But just bear with me. You know when we say training aids, we mean like rubber bands you wrap around your legs while you're trying to do a golf swing. Or um, a yellow bit of plastic you strap to your forehead in a phallic shape to show um, that you've bought a training aid. Um, why? Anyway, yeah, why would you pay money to go and look at that shit? Now, I know for a lot of people, it's a good chance for their work to pay them to go on what, in the trade, we like to call a jolly and they go hang out with some old friends, drink lager, and um, chat about the good old days. And I get that, I'm all for the work jolly. And if you can't release your money from your employer any other way um, than going to the PGA show, poor you that you work for such a shithole organization. But you know, I get it, I get it. Um, but imagine, right, imagine, okay, imagine the company that pays to be there. Let's say minimum 10K down, because like 5K for the, for the space you rent and 5K on expenses to get your crew there. And, you know, I've had people on this podcast from the PGA show, and I will have them on again. I'm going to get DFP, Putter Company, Lab Golf back on. I'm good friends with them. Um, and they're at the show, they've got a great stand. It looks freaking awesome. Um, but I will be asking you, what was the fucking point in that? Um, and it's getting smaller and smaller because companies realize like, what's the fucking point in that? Um, you know, imagine someone like Callaway, who's probably dropping, you're gonna be talking close to 100K on that. And the only reason they do that is because TaylorMade and um, like other big companies like Cobra go there. Thank you very much, Cobra, for the donation. By the way, I really appreciate my new driver. Um, so, just hold that thought, right? Hold that thought. Say you're Colin Calloway. That's not the name of the CEO, but let's go with it, right? You're Colin Calloway. You've got 100K burning a hole in your pocket, okay? Right, you could, if you wanted, spend that on the PGA show. And like, let's say you, you know, reaffirm your position in retail outlets in say 500 outlets in the UK, it's cost you, what, see, 500? you know, 100 grand, do the maths, right? But, across the USA, not the UK, 
how about this? Say you just wrote to each one of them, your retail outlets. Say, what I'm going to do is on top of your regular staff deal and stuff, what I'm going to do is I'm giving you a $250, $200 budget for you to spend on Callaway products, wholesale price, obvio, um, to do something fucking cool with. And put a video on it, write a blog, take some photos, get in the local newspaper, send us evidence of that, and we'll send you a five grand prize. How much wider coverage would you get? Fuck the PGA show. Imagine, right, you did what one quality golf company, who I've already mentioned who they are and what they did, you took your PGA show budget and you sent a product or a voucher to every social media person like you made like top 500 you put me at 501 but you let me scrape in because it's my idea and then you send the other 500 a voucher let's say 200 us and say 200 us buy some of our gear from our website you even get a discount code on that we're going to let you have that at whole size so let's whip 40 percent off just pulling a number out the top of my head and uh, do something cool with it, make some content, coolest top three, winner gets five grand, second gets two grand, third gets a grand. Imagine the coverage your product gets. Fuck the PGA show. Imagine you just didn't go to the PGA show, Telemade. Live that dream right now, okay? Pitch yourself at home with your family now and not at the PGA show. Okay, K Captain Marketing Telemade, imagine that. You took your budget for the show, which we nominally, and let's be honest, conservatively called 100K. And you took $100,000 from a different pot that you've called not the PGA show. And what you do with that money is you flip through the phone book and you send a $1,000 voucher for your website, you know, 40% discount, so it's roughly wholesale, okay? Clothes, accessories, you know, I know it's markup varies, but you pick the number, okay? 1,000 golf clubs, sorry, 100 golf clubs, $1,000 each. Again, say, let's say 1,500 plus retail worth of stuff. You don't give it to the pro shop, fuck those guys, okay? You give it to like the club secretary. He said, I'd like to sponsor your club championship this year. But what you can do is you're going to spend that money. All I want you to say is thank you for TaylorMade in fucking everything you put out about it. I want it on the sign-up sheet. I want it on the scorecards. Everything. Again, right? top three companies clubs sorry who do something cool impress me i will double that next year and i'll send the person in charge of that project the full works the full tools gear from shoes socks under crackers through to a new driver the whole works and you can come and get fitted at the um, u.s open Imagine the destruction you do to your um, competitors. And you've had a week at home with your family 
instead of being in lonely hotel rooms wondering what late night babes is going to cost you and how you can hide it on the corporate credit card. Imagine it, right? You can live that dream, you've just got to pull the trigger. Now I get it, you see, but the thing is, right, if those guys don't go, the big boppers don't go, then someone small, I'm not going to say Lab Golf, because they're actually slightly out of this league, but Joe Schmo, the club pro, he's going out on his own to make an elastic band that goes around your toe that gives your drives 47% more distance. Okay? That guy is fucking pointless in being there now because no one's going to go if Cobra, Callaway, TaylorMade, Shitelist, if they don't go. Um, I must apologise. I have a speech impediment. Whenever I speak about a golf company I don't like, I can't help but just saying the first couple of letters as a shh. Um, it's a mental disorder, please. Um, Please help me find a cure. Um, so anyway, if any of those companies didn't go to the show, right, um, then Joe Schmo, the club pro with an elastic band that goes around your toe, because he's branching out on his own, he, 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 that guy wouldn't go. Then the whole house of cards falls down. 30 minutes 46 to destroy the PGA show. Ah, that's pretty good, right? Anyway, what about this? What about this? Lee Westwood, number one. Lee Westwood, number one. He won at the weekend. Good on him, right? 46 years old. Um, I said before, I used to play junior golf in the same games as him. I, I, we're not friends. Never have been. I'd nod it and go, all right, Lee. And and he'd say, all right, guy, I think. I'm I'm quite sure he knew my name. Um, But, you know, no more than that. Um, He was always better than us. And he was a few years older than me as well, so I I did blatantly look up to him. There were a few other guys um, around the same time as him. And, do you know, I'd have to literally look because... Anyway, yeah, Lee Westwood, what a quality player, like quality pro, a pro's pro, and I mean that. Really good golfer, you know, not super skinny, um, you know, six-pack type, none of that. He works out, um, I think that's probably more to prolong his career than to try and, you know, to keep his body in shape so he's not getting injuries, more than to gain yards, although... uh, happy accident would be that he'd pick up a few yards. He's, last time I saw him play, he was getting the ball out there. Um, ping gear as well, quality gear. I think he's been pinged his whole career. I can't remember that, someone can correct me. Uh, quality gear, I think he's used every ping putter going, and that's fair enough, right, because if he does have a weakness in the get, in his game, it's getting the ball in the hole, um, which is quite a weakness in golf. Um, yeah Lee Westwood congratulations congratulations I um, 
had a revelation about my own game yesterday on the range. Uh, I was on the range at the wonderful Santa Maria Golf and Country Club here in Panama. And um, I was struggling. I got my new F9 driver because I had to make a purchase before the speed zone was released. But that's fine. Um, I got my new F9 and um, I was hitting it all right, actually. It took me a while. Um, I think essentially the shaft that came with it, which is good for me, um, is a squeeze longer than I'm used to. And I was actually standing too close to the ball. And I just thought through my setup step by step. Started smoking the thing. And I was practicing next to this guy um, called Andre, who's um, he's an amateur golfer, but like he he hits the ball as far as he got competitively long distance compared to a tour pro. Um, he hits it way further than me. And um, we were talking about drivers and stuff, and he's like, oh, "You've got it now." And I'm like, "Yeah." We were laughing because we were saying we changed our swing and every. 10 minutes we were like I've got it I've got it I've got it and then you'd hear like a shank from next year and you'd be like oh I've lost it um, but really good fun practice and this guy's shooting par on a bad day solid solid golfer um, but no more than that okay that's my definition of a solid golfer so we're um, we're having a laugh and, and I've got my driver going and I, I think I'm going to put a stiffer shaft in it um, I hit his TS3. Fuck, that's got a horrible sound. He loves it, but I hate it. Um, and he's got Torx in it. And um, I, oh, I was almost wondering if that was making my weak-ass swings, like the shots with my weak-ass swings, sound worse. Because when he hit it, it didn't seem quite so offensive to my ears. But when I hit it, it was fucking horrible. Um... And he, like, he nails that. Um, anyway, I said to him, do you know, I'd be so much better at golf if I could just play my woods in the exact same way I play my irons. Or play my irons in the exact same way I play my woods. It's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I always try and, you know, with my driver tee it up and catch the ball on the upswing to you know I need to squeak out every bit of distance I can with my shithole swing um he's like oh well, you can't do that with irons and even though I know it's one swing if I hit like a drive then I've really got to focus on my setup and a couple of practice swishes if not a swing to get that feeling back with my irons and I don't like it and he's like why don't you just like you know, guy, the difference between you hitting one 255 and 248, just fucking tee it down and hit down on the ball old school. Like, for real? It's like, just try it. Just try it. So I did. And then I hit my drives, and they were going a little shorter, but they were flying really straight. I felt like I had a load more control over them. He was like, you know, where would you rather be? 10 yards down the fairway or 10 yards longer, but in the rough or in the middle of the fairway I'm like yeah obviously so I was like okay well let's see how it you know how it feels with my three wood and I've been whinging about my three wood um, 
I got a new Tour AD shaft for my three wood, um, and I was really excited by it. And then it just wasn't working. I couldn't. It didn't feel right. Um, and I played it back in my stance a little more and thought of it more of a control club and started smoking that as well. Um, but again, not quite as far, but smoking it. He's like, see, thick shit. That's what you should have been doing all along. And I was like, ah, you're right. And then, of course, you know, as I work back down through my bag, it's pretty easy to hit that shot, those shots with everything. Because, of course, you know, playing a wedge, middle to slightly back in your stance, is no bad thing. And the only thing I found with my swing I had to think about was the alignment of my feet. If I set up really open with my woods, I just pull everything. So I set up square to close with my woods. But if I do that on my wedges, I push, leave everything out right, so I have to open my stance a little. Uh, a famous man called Ben Hogan um, did something similar, and I'm, I'm fucking just as good as him, let's be honest. Um, yeah, so I had, like, really good revelation about my golf game, and I, I'm itching to get out. Um, I put on a ton of weight over Christmas. Um, I was just just about touching 160. Um, you know, mid-early December, and then the Christmas season started, and then I weighed myself, um, you know, January 2nd or 3rd, and uh, it was sorry, man. It was sorry. It was like 174, 175. I was like, oh, balls it up again. Anyway, I decided I need to take drastic action. And I, I knew I'd been on a good run of dieting, um, probably for six months. But what I'd struggled with is, you know, I like to go away with my family. My family and I like to travel a lot. And we've been away once since Christmas. And it's only the 20-whatever of January. And, you know, who wants to be thinking about their health on holiday? So I'd... What would happen is I'd go away and just chill out my food a bit. Not that I'd sit there scoffing donuts. Well, I might do. But um, I'd, you know, relax about what food I eat. Eat a good breakfast, big hearty breakfast, lunch and dinner. And put on a few pounds. Not massive, just a couple of pounds. But, you know, if you're doing that once a month and you're only losing three or four, you know, you put on three or four pounds over a big weekend feasting once every month or six weeks, but you're only losing three or four pounds every month or six weeks. You don't need to be a math genius to work out what that means. And I, and I needed, needed something to push me over the edge. So I've started running. I've just done my 10th run of the new year. I'm following one of these zero to 5K programs. Um, week one was fine, week two hurt. Week three, which I've just done the first run of week four, I found week three um, easy. Sorry, and you say, how can you have done four weeks? Because you're supposed to do three runs a week, and I'm not. I'm just doing it every other day. Um, just because that works better for my schedule. And my mentality. But I like that routine of one day on, one day off. And whereas if I... If I you know, bringing breaks and stuff, I'm more likely to fall out the routine. I actually like it to be a little harder and have to, 
you know, get up half an hour early to put in my run or something if it's uh, going to be a busy family day. Um, like Saturday will be. What day is it? No, it's Wednesday. Friday's my next run, isn't it? So that's fine. Um, but you get, you get what I mean. Um, so that means Sunday's my run. Sunday is always a busy family day. So the consequence of that will be that I'll either get up early or stay up late to get my run in. So we had a little technical hitch there, but I've just paused. I'm still in the mall. Um, I, um, I've got another announcement. And I might save the detail of this for another podcast um, to take you through the process. Because I'm sure at least one of you will find it of some interest. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that next podcast. But let me tell you, that so in the next podcast, I'll talk you through the process of applying for your amateur status back if you're a professional golfer. So I've done the first step. I'm waiting to hear back from St. Andrews. Um, Hopefully that's gonna go fine. I've got a really good idea of what they're gonna say. Um, Well, here's hoping. And um, yeah, it's put me in an awkward position now because I'm not an amateur golfer yet. But equally, I'm still a professional golfer, but I can't do anything financially um, that would breach my, well, I can't do anything that would breach my amateur status, and that, you know, basically is um, earning money from golf. Now, I know you're really worried for me, but there's no need to be. Um, if someone sponsors my podcast or says thank you for some kind words on my podcast with some free golf gear, you know, think of broadcasters, and they get paid to talk about golfing, and that's fine. Um, so, paid in cash or in kind. Um, and Brett, I'd, I'd love to be paid in kind. And you, Mike, Mike Mixon. We buy golf. I think he listens. I, I might, I might be wrong there. Uh, anyway, that—that's kind of where I've been up to. Um, back playing again after a Christmas break. Uh, trying to get at least two range sessions in a game in. But if one of my range sessions becomes a game, I'm not going to sweat it. Um, I keep keep getting close to pulling the trigger on a directed force putter. I keep backing out because I don't love them. I don't love the look and I love every other club in my bag. So I might wait until I see one. I do like the idea of those blades though. But the reason I haven't pulled the trigger on a blade is I don't know if I'm getting the full benefits of DFP. Um, but I'm getting a custom fit, custom fit, beautifully made putter. Um, so maybe I should just shut the fuck up and get one. Um, yeah, I saw David Kelly's with that little, little bit of usage on the back and I thought that was nice. Um, well, that's fantastic really is good to be back on the mic thanks to the PGA show for pissing me off enough to um, put me back in the saddle you know it's not not many things that can inspire me to such wrath Um, and if you are at the PGA show I don't hate you Heath Um, if you are Bill (laughs) 
at the VGA show, Sam. Um, and Chris, when you're at the PGA show, I, I've started to list people I know that that listen. Um, I, I'm not going to carry on, Jordan. Um, think of me, right, as you're handing over money for that hotel bill. No, but most of the guys I know there are there for networking purposes, and I, I genuinely get it, right? It is good networking, and when you say networking to an employer, it means going for a beer with small mates, and it, it is a really good chance to do that. And your employer will pay for you to go to a trade show, whereas they won't pay for you to go to the US Open, even though the benefit for you, and therefore him, is the same. Um, so I'm, I'm not dumb. Well, I am dumb, but this isn't an example of that. Um, I get it. So enjoy yourself at the show. If you're someone I know in real life, steal everything for me and bring it back. Um, I'm changing my work, my golf colours from black and white and grey to blue. So any blue polo shirts would be awesome. Um, Puma's still being good to me, but you know, variety is spice of life. Um, but if you get me some free blue Puma ones, even better, right? Um, I think we're done. So I'll be back in a, in a few days, in a week or so, when I've got uh, my thoughts in a row about being an amateur golfer and what that means to me and why I've taken the step to do that. Um, have a think about um, hitting your woods and irons in the same way. And then the progression of that is what does that mean for your putting? That's something I'm in the process of working out for myself too, so I might share that with you as well next time. So thanks for listening. I'm leaving the mall now, um, and I'll see you next time. Ciao.